Okay, so I've been on a Star Trek kick to the point where I've been where I literally have the Star Trek I have Star Trek Online open on Steam, ready to play. <laughs> we tried to I play have, last night. Yeah, on well, we tried to play on Xbox one, Xbox One, but there's a long tutorial. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I was on it for like three hours <laughs> getting through the tutorial. Oh my god. So, and I, I'm thinking I'm gonna do. I, I think I'm gonna do that because. I'm I'm sort of gnawing on my, I'm close to gnawing on my arm because <laughs> I just want to keep playing the game, but I can't because after bank episode I have like four episodes banked so far of Star Trek Evolution. Okay, just gonna like shotgun it all in one day or something. No, I want to I want to do an alt character. Oh, okay. But I've been I remembered that there's a new Star Trek series coming out or mini series coming out called the Q Conundrum, where it's the TOS, it's basically TOS, TNG, and Voyager crew. I should probably say, for those who don't know, and I'm going to do a really bad job, Al, you could probably pick up the slack. Q was like a member of the ship. I think he was in, was he in engineering? Oh, no, Q no, wasn't. No, Q no. was like an interdimensional guy. He's based. I, okay, I don't, I, I don't know why. I always thought he was a member of the ship, and then he got like that interdimensional and became like a kind of at Marvel DC like member of like the tribunal type thing. No, he's he's, he's more he's like, like Mr. Mitzelplex. Yeah, he's like yeah. he's like Star Trek Mitzelplex. He shows up in just he shows up in Deep Space 9, he shows up. I remember him yeah. in Voyager a lot. Well, he it's also cuz he's like a big time character actor that played him. Yeah, John Delancey. Yeah. Yeah, he also, well, like, I know him uh, because he voices Discord in the Milo Pony Friendship is Magic cartoon, and he's essentially the same character as Q. Oh, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? It's him that's in Breaking Bad, though, right? That's uh, Jessica Jones's father? I, I think so. Off the top of my head, I'll, I'll do a quick Google. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that he's only in, like, one episode. He's only in that one episode, but I'm pretty sure that that's him. And by Jessica Jones, I mean Kristen Ritter. But like, I'm pretty sure he plays her father. But as I was as I, yes. as I was trying to build up the story before you rudely interrupted for some and just and just, just made the whole gestalt just, just self destruct. <laughs> uh, I've been reading or because I, since I subscribed just or I subscribed to the Q conundrum miniseries the. Uh, the new I subscribed to the new Captain Marvel series mainly because of John posting about it. This is the the Captain Marvel or the Ms. Marvel? Captain Marvel. Okay. And based on that, that that's it, thumbnail or lo, the logo for the book or the cover. It looks good. But all that aside, I've been reading the. There was a Star Trek series around right after. Or a couple of years after Star Trek 09, so 2011, and it ran from then right on, like after to right at like a couple of years after uh, Beyond, not Beyond, Inner Darkness, which is a real shame because that movie is terrible. Oh, I still have not seen the third one. It, it is it's it is a love letter to Star Trek. Uh, it's good. I I mean like I. I like James Bond, so I have to see it. And the thing is, you you don't have to know anything about Star Trek to to like it. And that's where you get me. Yeah, I don't... I I haven't watched a whole lot of, like, TV shows, and, like, most of my knowledge about Star Trek is through, like, osmosis. 
and the films. Yeah, like Beam Me so, Up, Scotty, Energize. Well, and, and so, I mean, like, I, I know, like, a little bit more than that, but, like... You Just know, from being a nerd. I guess, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but, like, you know, what what I no. didn't like about Into Darkness was, you know, I, I liked the first Star Trek, and then they do this movie that's basically, like, this, you know, it's them doing Wrath of Khan, but, like, none of these characters have any emotional, like, attachment. Ties yeah. So it's like, why should I care? Like, because it's like these characters don't have any emotional connection to this character yeah. or or any of this. This is kind of but, funny because I actually watched Wrath of Khan, the original one, during the like Christmas time with my mother-in-law. I was like, this movie is ridiculous. Like, goddamn, is it like awesome because everyone's just acting it at twelve? But <laughs> what? But what I thought was like really cool about uh, Star Trek Beyond was it just. It, it's what I kind of imagined would have been like a two hour long episode where it's like everyone is like splintered off and doing their own thing. So you get to see like a lot of uh, characters interacting with other characters who necessarily hadn't had a whole lot of like together time like throughout the series. So you kind of get to see these odd pairings and it was super fun. Yeah, that sounds much more like the actual TV show. Also, unlike the other two, the first two series, um, not the first two series, first two movies. There's a badass female character. Oh, because one of the aliens, right? Jayla, who was who was created for the movie. Yeah, their design was like awesome looking. And the way they the way the post they did a poster for it that was very that it was basically Kirk, Spock, and Jayla in the middle. And it was it it was said it it looked a lot like the Star Trek motion picture poster. Mm. And then. Paramount couldn't get access to 66% of or, or a bunch of capital and couldn't afford Chris Pine or Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yeah, that I the idea for that story would have been so interesting. Like Kirk and his dad meeting in like some weird timeline. It's very like, to kind of tie back to comics, it's very the uh, the button with Bruce and, um, oh my God, Thomas. Yeah. Meeting. But the there's a big downside to the this whole series like a stigma the guy who is it it's since since it's said in the coven timeline there had to be a supervisor or a supervising uh, or like a creative consultant and it's robert orsi who co-wrote the first two star trek movies with alex kurtzman who's in charge of discovery and all the future all access star trek shows and cool. uh no not really oh. <laughs> uh or orsi is a 9-11 truther uh yeah when i i told i told this to to uh when i dropped when i told when i just i just tried to casually drop mentioned just casually dropped it along with in like a big wall of sex while i was just gushing about how great every this that book is and then i just said oh and uh there's a 9-11 truther involved yeah but that's one of those things where you can separate the art from the artist. Like if the the work is still good, as long as he's not a, as long as like no one's being physically harmed or you know what I mean type thing. Yeah, like I can kind of deal with it. Like I think it goes back to one of the things we talked about a couple episodes ago. When we were talking about the um, oh man, what was the comic that you had suggested to me? And then like days later, uh, we talked about it. Uh, John Connor, we talked about it. It was the one where. The the writer got me to really bad. Oh, uh, Border Town. Border Town. Yes. Yeah. Like that's a different story. That's a. I don't know that story, but I imagine it's it's a pretty big one. 
Uh, yeah, well, that book is now canceled, but like, yeah, that was a bad story. We went over it, I think, a couple episodes ago. Yeah, but not yeah. Only, yeah, like, not only was that book canceled, but like, the two issues of Nightwing he was supposed to write are like now shelved. Yes. Oh boy. Oh boy. Which right. is, that's a book that's in like a weird place as well. Yeah, don't say. Okay, so back to the story. Yes. Uh, it's, I, when I was first borrowing the, I borrowed the first six volumes from Comixology Unlimited, and I noticed that there was, on the Comixology website, there was a mention of Q showing up in the series. Q. And it said also, characters from Star Trek lore. So they, they pretty much had me at lore. Not even Star Trek lore, just lore the word. <laughs> and man it is very fan service because the first the first person the first face you see or the first character you see is picard i feel like we're gonna get a lot of picard in everything because that other show is coming soon yeah the revival yeah which is a weird concept i'm not mad about it i don't think anybody is mad about yeah, it i think it's gonna be just a holistic fun no no, no. there is one person mad about it and that's morris hurley I have no idea who that is, so it doesn't matter. He is he he's someone who he was basically the showrunner for the first two seasons of Star Trek Next Generation. Okay. But he, was the, he like not asked about anything? Uh well he had like he had no background on in science science fiction like t- television or anything. He mm-hmm. he was a writer for Miami Vice Oof. and Equalizer. Uh Miami Vice ain't bad. Um, for the no, no, 80s. I'm talking yeah. about. I'm talking about that. It just doesn't. Yeah, it's not sci-fi, so it's like a weird. But again, like you could say the same thing about. I, I mean, you kind of say the same thing about John, James Wan doing the I was, third I was, movie. I was just gonna say the same thing, like the dry, like the, the, Fast, the, and the guy. Fast and Furious guy doing a Star Trek movie and then did Aquaman. It's like, I mean, you know, well, he did. He did. I, a, I, yeah. He did fast I, I, I thought his Star Trek movie was just like, a lot of fun. I, I, I think it's like people... I think it's like you get typecasted within a thing. Like, Mel... Mel like, I brought this up before, but Mel, Mel Brooks, you know, is known for doing all these really great comedies. But, like, that guy also bankrolled a ton of horror films that, uh, like, through his, like, other production company. Uh, because well, I think, you know, I think he loved horror... doing horror, but, like... If he did horror, like people would just automatically assume it's like, oh, Mel Gibson's going to be a comedy. It's like, you know, he wasn't allowed to be able to do so. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because you said Mel Gibson instead of Mel Brooks yeah. in the last part. Oh, no, I was, I was just like, like, like why? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still funny to be like, well, yeah. Who is also like, somebody that's, even though he, it's again separating artists from art, like as crazy as he is, goddamn can uh, Mel Gibson put a movie together. I, I, I didn't mean to bring up Mel Gibson, but it, it's, it's like not. the idea that it's like that there are like people. Like, you know, there's also this really, you know, kind of famous story about uh, Walt Disney watching To Kill a Mockingbird and him loving it and kind of lamenting he could never make a film like that because he's Disney. Well, it's, uh, look at Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah, Jordan Peele, the Key and Peele guy, doing horror, and then it's like, yeah. oh, he, now, now he's, he's the, like, he's like one the of king the, of horror. He's like now one of the emotions. Well, like, he's, like, one of the most important voices, at least, yeah, in horror right now. He's going to be hosting The Twilight Zone. He has, like, one or two more, like, horror thriller movies on the mm-hmm. horizon. Us just had the trailer come out on the 25th. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So, I, I so, think... so, so basically, I just wanted to bring that up to basically be like, like a guy can write a show for like Miami Vice and still do sci-fi. Although I'm trying I, to remember, I, 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 I've heard those that first season of Next Generation is not great. And yeah, that's not, what I was gonna say. Like, I, I do remember that those are not the best part of Next Gen. Back when Patrick Stewart still had the hair on the side. Yeah. Dude needs dude needs to have like a full cue ball. He just needs to be like perfectly waxed all the way around. Like you're ready to just hit him into a perfect like uh set of billiard balls. What's interesting, and I just like realized it in this moment, Patrick Stewart might be like the new like nerddom patriarch. Like, is there anybody in nerd culture that's older than him? Ian McCallan? Well yeah. they're like a, they're like a pair though. Yeah, they're they're best friends. They're best. The they're best friends. They do a ton of stuff together. Yeah, and they best kind friends. Of have... As I as I put my my glasses down and be like, yeah, they're they're choice friends. Oh yes, yes. They're choice friends. Well, it's hard to tell because they're British. Mm, yes, quiet. Oh no, no, no! They're not. It's they're not the nerd patriarch. Uh, Tom Baker. Uh, debatable. Uh, I mean. They have their hands in more pies. Like, I would say, okay, before them, it was obviously Stan, and I would say the other person would have been, um, oh my god, Adam West. Oh. Like, they were the two big, like, that would be, like, those two guys don't do cons is the only difference. Not yet. I don't think they ever will, because I think they made too much money. Um, But, like, the guys that, like, you wouldn't be surprised if they showed up at a Comic-Con, though, like, to do something. Like, I don't think I would be surprised if they showed up at San Diego in some weird costume, like, to do a prank video. Like, it would be amazing, but I wouldn't be super surprised or blown away. It's their type of move. Yeah, that's what I mean. So that's what I mean by, like, a patriarch kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, um, back to the story. <laughs> Wrap around. Okay, I'll do I'll do speed. I'll just do it. Comics done quick. The art. Q basically shows up and does his magic. And him and Kirk are talking on the out on on the outside or in space on literally standing on on the like this is literally standing on the enterprise and he he talks about Kirk not believing in no one scenarios and he snaps his fingers and they're at deep space 9 oh and then the next the second part the next part of the chat the i only read the first two parts or the first two issues of the volume because kirk or because q took the took the enterprise and the crew out of the timeline everything that the enterprise all kirk's heroics or all the enterprise heroics never happened so the the whole dominion war and it ended up going in favor of the Dominion, so they have they have control of DS9 and Gold Ducat, who's seen in the DS9 pilot emissary, parts one and two, who's a Kardashian, for those who don't know. He's oh, he's one of, the, one of the 15 different Kardashians? Thank you, Lou. No, no. You beat me to the punch. <laughs> yeah, we were like, we're I had to unmute quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I was chewing food as fast as I could. Cardassian. Uh, okay. So okay. Is, so is, Ky- is there Kanye? Where's Kylie? I'm sorry, Alan. We keep interrupting Okay, please, you. please go on. <laughs> I haven't done a podcast in like three weeks. Yeah, I, I, I have all of, this energy. 
Can I can I put an image in your head that won't leave? Absolutely. Because uh, I just kept thinking of terrible baby. Q Kardashian, so just like Q, but with a Kardashian butt. Oh my oh god! No. Photoshop him like onto that uh, Kardashian uh, the milk <laughs> one, the champagne bottle. Oh my god! <sighs> okay, sorry. So... Please, please go on. <laughs> so Kirk ends up in a in the brig of DS Nine or or the of the station, and. He's or either Scotty or Uhura says that there's other people in there, and out walks the most badass captain there ever was, Benjamin Sisko. You lost me. He's the cap. He's the captain, the black captain, the only black captain in oh, in the okay, of Star Trek I, I, TV. Yeah, okay, I know who it is now. I I never remember his. I'm I know like for some reason certain names stick to me and some other ones don't. It's like Janeway sticks to me because she was the first woman captain, right? Well, in Star Trek The Motion Picture, there was there was an Asian captain. Janeway's awesome. Janeway's a war criminal. I don't well, care. She's... she's a rad war criminal. So is fucking Han Solo. He's still well, cool as hell. Yeah. The actress is also crazy pants. But she's pretty good at Orange as a new black. Yeah, she plays the role pretty well. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about with this Star Trek comic, Alan? Yeah, I just I highly recommend it because it's. I mean, it's... Go on, sorry. No, no, you go on. I was just gonna say, like, I'm not personally uh, super invested in Star Wars, so when you were talking there, I just didn't really have much to add to the conversation. But by the sounds of it, if you really do enjoy Star Trek, this is kind of the perfect comic book. The way you describe it is just so like it, you have such a reverence for it. Yeah, it seems like it's pulling from everything, and it's like deep. Like, do you need? Do you think you need to have like a deep Trek knowledge to be able to read this, or is it kind of like because it's a re, it's like a different timeline? You're kind of you just you'll miss some references, but you'll be okay. Well, Q did show up in Deep Space Nine, so and like the the Defiant ends up showing up, and they get be uh, Kirk or Hera, Scotty. Cisco and Odo, who, if you guys, if you guys didn't know, I can't pronounce the guy's. I can't pronounce his last name, but he it's the, it's the actor who who voiced Mister House in Fall of New Vegas. That's how you get me. I know that guy. <laughs> and I think his I think his his name is his last name is Paul is his full name is Rene Abourne, and he's a basically a shapeshifter. Oh, interesting. Not like he's not he's not like the Undine, aka species A four seven two. For those Voyager fans out there, those three. <laughs> I was gonna say you're going like super deep cuts now. That's that is a deep, deep, deep cut. No, deep a deep cut would be I mean it's a it's a pretty deep cut, man. <laughs> I feel like I have to Google that to even understand what you're talking about. No, a deep a deep cut would be me going. Yep, go my brain. Deep into your brain. No, no, a deep cut would be me just when my brain my brain almost broke from seeing that in the in the first issue, Picard is mainly a guest is basically a guest on the Enterpri- on the Enterprise E, and the captain is fucking is basically Data. What? He's fucking but, Data. No. <laughs> Does your company, like, I, I was gonna say, John, that's like a book that your company would sell, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, that's like interesting. To have Data as like a captain would be... All right, I think you just sold me. So I think anybody who's like a super Trekkie nerd or just like super... But the, thing, the thing is, they didn't get it right because Data died at at in the... Uh, the sixth <sighs> place. Dude, you just said it yourself. Everything's fucking out of loop. The timelines don't matter. What if it's Data's twin brother? Eh, no, he killed his brother. He killed his brother. David. But maybe this is David. a different timeline. No, no. It's David. It's David the prime timeline. Too. Okay. Well, um, I'm sure that they'll explain what it. If because... it was, what if it was his brother, Dossier? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm sure, like, there's almost no fandom as, like, crazy about, like, the little details as Trekkies. Um, so I'm sure that there's going to be some explanation. Oh, I also have just just a financial deal that i've that i've i stumbled upon all right hit yeah. it which is if you've been in the phantom zone chat about that dc the dc universe tr- struggling to find or get more subscribers oh yeah yeah i, I saw that coming a mile away I mean, yeah. that's I mean that's how the WWE Network was. It you know it takes well, takes some time. WWE Network had like a bunch of other issues that they could have bit themselves on. Yeah, like <laughs> making uh, the pay per views like, on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the reason why I got the network. Yes, but that's the reason why they also suffered financially is because their network kind of cannibalized them. Like it was cannibalizing them. The DC thing is like. All the old stuff is amazing, and they are putting a ton of comics up there. Like, I think I saw they had... Um, that Action Super- 1000. Yeah, they had Superman Unchained, like, the whole series. And anytime there's new, like, shows or new stories coming up, they put, like, all of them up there. I, I, honestly, though, that's not that's not what I kind of want. Like, Yeah, it's, no, it's you know, like original Super- programming. Superman, like, Superman... Well, no, it's, like, the comics I, I, I feel like I've looked at and saw what they had up there. It's, like, a lot of New 52 shit, which... Oh I mean, yeah, it's that, all the new fifty two stuff. That, that that ain't me, man. Um, I was like, gonna say, it, I was... It, it's like it, it's like if they had like you know all of JLI or all of Suicides, like the Josh Anders Ostrander like Suicide Squad, and some like real classic, uh, like Marv Wolfman Teen Titans, you know, kind that, of ones. They, they do that, have but, some stuff. Yeah, they do have like the tales of Teen Titans. I was gonna I'm, say it's I, a kind I, of. I, uh... I'm not talking like like bits and pieces. It's like I want to read through this entire like. You want like, Marvel in the mood? Yeah, like yeah. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like that's like too much to ask. No, I do think it's coming. I do like the idea of like how they are on the app itself, the way they share them. Because um, right now, because of one of the new books that's coming out, Young Justice, which was uh, one of the ones on your list that you've uh, you're excited about, they put like a whole bunch of Young Justice from the '90s up on there this yeah. week yeah and those books are good yeah but that's what i'm saying like they're i think that like they're tying into stuff that's coming out is good just the catalog in general is not up to snuff it kind of reminds me and it's not comp- but like uh gaming when like xbox is doing their backwards compatibility stuff like it took a yeah. real long time to like build up that catalog but okay so like on the flip side like if we're talking about like video games it's like you got like nintendo that uh announced like it's online service twenty dollars a year doesn't seem so bad um but and you know and they're like doing like these they're putting out these games like you know on their service so it seems like you get more bang for your buck and it's like they're all just like this month they are like oh we're adding in link to and blaster master and it's like and that's it like now they're like at this point they're like just drip feeding you stuff and it's like i want punch out man like i want like i want the castlevania games i want like this other stuff but it's like it's they're doing the same thing they did on the wii and the wii u where they just like 
like they're trickle. just trickle. They're just trickling stuff at this point, yeah. and it's like well, I don't, I don't want to trickle. Like I, like you have this amazing library of stuff. Like I, I feel like you, like if you have a service in 2018 or 2019 now, and you have like Disney doing like their app at, at the end of the year, and you have all these other services doing their own apps, and it's like, and like that pool of money is getting slimmer and slimmer for like people to like like really you know diverse their money in like you would like want to like maybe start right off the bat with like this really bomb ass service well what i would say if you want to get like a good subscriber base you could do it and say like hey if you sign up for the app you can get current comics like three weeks later that's a good deal that's like really three amazing. weeks to a month later like it just be like a month behind like that would be worth the price alone. Like you would be saving a ton of money and it really wouldn't be hurting them too much. Cause you would just sign up to be like, all right, like these are the books. Like I buy my books, but like, maybe I'll check this out. And then maybe you like it. And then you would start buying that book. Like the I, hard I, copy. They would never do that because comic book stores get too pissed. Like yeah. that's why well, that's there's like, like that's, seven that, of that, them left. You, you know, you there's, say that you say I, I'm that. saying that as somebody you, who you goes say, to a board, brick and mortar. Well, no, you say that, but it's like, Marvel and DC are still like slaves. Like there's still like these these multi million billion dollar companies, but they're still slavish to like Diamond in this old antiquated well, way of like doing stuff. I, like that's why like like you know like last year like Iceman and Wasp got canceled, and then the trades for those books were like were so high like sales wise that they brought those books back. But because like you know you have a bunch of really bad like i you know i i tell most people like i think that 70 percent of the comic book stores in the united states are pretty garbage like those kind of stores like didn't uh, like order those books didn't promote them didn't like try and get like new readers into their stores like they want the same thing they've been spoon-fed for like decades and those stores like are slowly being weeded out oh yeah like i i went during the uh holiday like i went to a store by my in-laws and they are closing after 20 something years and you know i had a lot of other stuff going on. it's closing because the guys are retiring and no one wants to pick it up which is like a hard thing but you know the stores kind of are basically whoever's running them is the one that's ordering so if they don't like certain things they're also not going to like yeah. order them yeah and i mean like when i worked at a store like i ordered a bunch of stuff that that you know, I didn't like as a reader, and I didn't see too much like merit into it, uh, like crossed or something. But we still had like about eight to twelve customers that liked cross or picked up the trades for cross. So I I brought that stuff in because you need like if 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 they come in for cross, more likely they're going to also look around and maybe pick up something else. Yeah, but then that, you also that, have the flip side. That reminds um, me, we have to get we have to get uh, Reverse Connor on this. To have a talk, we need to have him talk about his experience reading Cross. You want me to just like record a whole podcast about it and then just play it in reverse? I, I <laughs> like I've only read like the first six issues of Cross, and I have not read anything else. He, I think he read. He, I think I think Connor read more. Yeah, I think he read a chunk of it. I was gonna say the other thing though with the problem with the stores is, and this happened to my local store, and the guy I was talking to the guy about it, but like um, Batman, damn, like he couldn't keep the first issue in stock, and I went in there. And last week, and he had like 20 of issue two there that's just yep. sitting there and it's just going to die. And they're just yep. eating the money. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I think, but like, but here's the thing. It's like, you have, like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's like the stock market guy. It's like, oh yes, like, 100%. Like, but that's why, no, like compared like, to yeah. other media, like comic books are so 
different. Like, number one, if I still worked at my old store and I read about Batman Damned, it was like the first Black Label book uh, that they showed the Bat Dick that uh, that had like this kind of big writer and artist attached to it. Like, mainly the Bat Dick, I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to order 50 of this book because I know there's going to be people yeah. who are going to be curious to come pick up that book. And, and there's the going to issue- be co- like trader like flippers yeah. that are going to buy it. And then volume, and then issue two, I would have dropped it down to 20. Because I was like, because like people come in for that massive hype. Uh, and you also read that book, and that book is not good. And you're like, oh, okay, no, like, like, like this book's not going to retain really a whole lot of readers. And for me, I picked it up for the bat dick, and I was like, maybe it's good. And I read it, I was like, yeah, no thanks. I And I dipped out, because I was like, it's not yep. worth my time. I'm exactly in the same space with you. Like, okay, you know, like, when we, uh, like, going back, like, we picked up... Uh, for like the the master race, uh, the Oof. Frank the, Miller debacle. Yeah, issue I one. Like I, issue one, I was like, okay, like I'm gonna probably like order fifty, like because the owner was like, hey, like what would you order for this? I'm like, man, like I don't know, man. Like I would order like maybe fifty. He's like, I'm gonna order seventy. And I'm like, really? And I'm, he's like, yeah, like you know, issue one's gonna be super hot. Uh, but like, and I, and I told him like we need to probably like lower them for like twos and threes because that book's going to be super late. And like, lo and behold, like you know we did that, and the book was late, and more and more people dropped off, and then we like you know had really good numbers for that book. As it's like you have to have your finger on the pulse of like what that industry is. You also have the finger on your pulse of your of your well, audience and not be reactionary. And like you know, it's like if if you do bad business decisions, like of course your business is going to fall. Yeah, well, that's okay. the whole thing. Like that's why I, everybody they do. I the have the perfect title thing. for this episode. Shoot. That dick. <laughs> no. Uh, the gang steps on Alan. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, what did you want to say, Alan? All I want to say is that, uh, uh, but the news of DC books being available, certain DC books being uh, on Comicsology Unlimited. Oh yeah, that's definitely like um. There's so think... a they had there's a there's a, a uh, discount now for all DC books if you're a member of DC Universe. Oh. So normally books that would be four ninety nine or four twenty four. Books that would be three ninety nine or three thirty nine. That's pretty good, like sixty seventy cents off. That adds up quick. It is an interesting thing that they like, even though that they started their own streaming service, that they are going to Comicsology. That actually tells me that they're like really not confident in their streaming service that they're adding comics to. Because well, why not, would you? Not just that. Yeah. Certain comics, they are. They just that they ha- they'll have like one issue of the series on in there on the app for example uh crisis on infinite earth earth they have the first issue just that on dc universe or on comicsology dc universe on comicsology okay. they have the whole thing see that that's that i don't get that like that yeah. seems like a bad business move to me another example books one through four or 52 are, are on there they have maybe not even a, te- a tenth yeah, that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, so maybe they are not seeing a drive to read the comics, or like, I'm sure that they can read all the static the stats on their app. So maybe people are just not reading comics on there, and maybe that's something they're seeing is like not driving subs. Well, I mean, adding comics to the list is a good way to drive subscribers because that makes me interested now to go see, like, so I can go read these books. Yeah, but you might not be the the customer that they you might not be the average customer you might be the the exception 
Because I do yeah. think a lot of those apps, like the people come for the the video content. Because I feel like um, this is kind of going a little bit off topic, but until like the last year, no one's really talked about the Amazon Prime like um, like TV shows, and like this year that kind of blew up. And I feel like that's kind of turning. Like people are signing up for Prime to watch the video for the first time. I think this 2018. Yeah, uh, like my mom got Amazon to watch uh, the Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yes, which is an amazing show. But yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Like they yeah, originally got people for the Prime service. It's like, oh yeah, you also get this video service. Now they're getting people to buy into the video service, and I think that's what DC might be leaning towards, which I'm disappointed in. Well, I mean, it's like I think that all all goes back to and. And I know that people seem to be, like, really into Titans now, but that still goes back to that original announcement of DC Universe and their streaming service, and they had this dog shit preview for Titans that, like, if you could have easily read the marketplace, it's like, yo, dog, maybe not promote something that, like, reeks of, like, the worst Zack Snyder, like, oh, grim dark, dark Lord. And it's like, and it's like, because it's like, you look at, like, the success of, like, Wonder Woman, and now the success of Aquaman being, uh, surprised, the fifth highest grossing film of 2018. Uh, and, like, you know, hopefully, like, that transitions into, like, people being into Shazam, because I think that movie looks pretty cool. Of but the it's two, like... that one looked more interesting to me. I, I would but, like but to it... see the difference, because just um, Young Justice just came out this week to see if there's a shift in their numbers. I think it... Yeah, I don't think that's enough. I think I think, I think think DC fans have a little bit too much stock into how many people actually kind of cared about Young Justice. Like, I think there's people who do care. And I'm not, like, trivializing that audience. But I think, like, the numbers of, like, what, like, like the numbers that you want to bring in for that. Like, like I'm excited for Doom Patrol. And I don't even think people are going to tune in into the DCU for Doom Patrol. I'd be happily surprised. But, like, it, it, it's I, a I spin think spinoff, too. So, like, they kind of got a lot of the images out there. Yeah, I think they need, like, I think they need, a, like, a real fucking banger. Like, like Marvel on Netflix, like dropped with uh daredevil and then you know they did you know jessica jones luke cage iron fist you know they they do stuff like the punisher which is also like super popular but i you know it's like they need like a real like b tier like really good like character to do a show about and, and it's like swamp thing is like that it, it's fine you it know, sounds control expensive. i think it's fine but they need they need like a, a heavy hitter and i and i think in their initial lineup like they don't have that heavy hitter yet like so if it was you like what do you when heavy hitter do you mean like as in a show or do you need like a big character like daredevil because i don't even know how big of a name daredevil was at the time I mean, that show came out i mean daredevil had a uh you already had daredevil film um you know, and people know Daredevil from that. Um, I and I think Daredevil was a very celebrated, good comic for a you know very long time because you know it's like you have the Frank Miller run, the Anasenti run, the Bendis run, the Brew Baker run. So it's like you have like a really good constant drive of like a yeah, lot of characters for that character. You know, um, so is he like a B list character to you, Daredevil? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, even, like, would a show like uh, say instead they did Titans, if they did Nightwing? Do you think that would have been a better move? Yeah, kind of, you know, like, <laughs> I, you know, and I like, and I think it's like if they done a show that was like Teen Titans or like, you know, Titans and was more reflective of like the cartoon 
Teen Titans, where it's not like goofy and like all that stuff, but it's like if you had like the original you know, show Titans, and, and you launch with that original team and it's them being like kind of semi adult superheroes, I think that that show would have really worked. But I think it's like in the way that they did it, where it's like fuck Batman and like Hawk like cuts a guy's leg off. I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand who this show is made for because it's. Because it's aiming too high, I feel like, for the, the Teen Titans audience. And, like, the audience that would watch something grim and dark, I don't feel like would watch something like Teen Titans. So it's just like, I just don't understand the demographic that they were trying to go after. John, you forgot the part where they were going to cut Hawk's penis off. You're lying. No, that actually, there was, they, they said, that first they were going to pull out his teeth, then said, no, pull his pants down. Yeah, that's, I mean. That's, um. Well, also, Lou, you're, better. you're you're a terrible person for what you just set up for what you typed. Oh, <laughs> um, that man! Just... That man is the reason that Wally is a success, or was a success before his death. I know, I know. I'm just like I don't know. It's my type of humor. Maybe we can actually talk about some comic books. Did uh, Connor or John? Did you want to talk about any of the books you have read or are going to read? Uh, I I can talk about some books I read over over my break. Um, I yes. actually like read a lot of uh a manga while I was gone. Um, because it was just like kind of easier for me to like sit down and just like kind of read stuff. Uh, so I read um a book called uh Dead Dead Demons Dead Dead, Dead Destruction, and it's uh, a new sci-fi uh slice of life comic from Viz. Uh, a lot of people kind of know the creator. Uh um uh Ino Asano from uh he did a book called Goodnight Pen Pen that won like a ton of awards over the last couple of years you know it's like if you look at like an awards uh show for comics and uh you looked at the manga section for the awards you would always see Goodnight Pen Pen and 20th Century Boys or 21st Century Boys and so this is the new series from that guy and um I initially thought it was just going to be like a sci-fi book uh, because it's basically about uh, three years ago, uh, this large spaceship appeared over Tokyo uh, and this whole this like kind of big war happened. But it was like only on one side where um, like people were attacking the aliens, but the aliens were just kind of like hanging out like they weren't attacking or anything. They're just hanging out on their ships. And but the book is more about um this girl named koyama and her friend uh nakagawa and like their group of friends just hanging out in school like dealing with like uh like human nature and growing up and love lives and just regular like slice of life and it's kind of weird like it's like you would think like because it's like it's kind of almost set up district nine in a way like within its premise but it doesn't even go that route it's like the aliens are there but it's but like it's just part of the setting it's part of the backdrop like it's we're just mm. going to do this regular kind of slice of life comic and it's it's strange like i didn't know that that's where they're going to go with it but it's uh by the end of the first volume i was like i could see myself like reading more of this uh i really like the character designs a lot and everyone's like super expressive which uh is like always like my go to for a comic uh and yeah i i think it's like if you want to read like a good slice of life with some like sci like like sci-fi kind of like built into it kind of like a like bebop where you watch bebop and it feels like just a regular show that has like a sci-fi backdrop 
um, uh, the demons, uh, da, 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 destruction feels the same way. Yeah, you saying Bebop just sold me. Yeah, no, like, and I and I say Bebop not in that it's a cowboy western that's like that's who that's heavily sci-fi. It's just it's like people existing in a world where there's sci-fi elements in it. Yeah, yeah it's just really it's just the world. Yeah. Uh, the other book I read, the other manga I read, um, a couple volumes of, uh, was this other slice of life book called The Delinquent Housewife. Uh, and it's like this really cute book about, uh, this guy named Toru who brings his wife Kamugi to his family, uh, to meet, like, you know, he's going to marry her. So he wants to like, you know, have his soon to be wife, like meet his family for the first time. And like, while they're visiting, uh, Toru gets like a call and he has to go off on business. So his, uh, soon to be wife, like kind of has to hang out here with the family, um, and like one of the members that helps him out or helps her out uh, is Toru's brother Ta- uh, Dai, and Dai ends up finding out uh, the secret that she used to be the head of like this badass like crew of like uh, like uh, like rebel uh, biker chicks. Like he okay. finds like like he finds her like old gang jacket like underneath her bed and she, he ends up like like she ends up finding out that he knows and it's like this secret that you know uh that they try and keep in between themselves because like uh their their mother like is not like if she fi- if they fi- if she founds out that, that she used to be this delinquent uh gangster girl like she would probably like throw her out of the house so uh. Before, like, Kamugi, like, basically, like, unveils a secret, she's, like, trying to become, like, this great wife. Um, but it's, like, a comedy of errors kind of thing, like, dies, maybe slowly kind of falling for this girl, uh, or, you know, for his brother's soon-to-be wife. Um, uh, and it's, it's, it's super fun, um. Like, I think the art's, like, really great, and, and, you know, and I always really love the aesthetic of, of, um like ganky gangster girls like specifically like japanese gangster girls uh yeah i feel so, like, like you talked about another book with the same kind of aesthetic last week with japanese uh, gangster girls on motorcycles yeah i think this is i think i think this is the same book that oh, I talk okay. about, like that i was like excited to read and and like since then like i've read like the first three volumes of it oh um, wow and i think it's i think it's like pretty fun um like I, I don't see this book maybe because I think it's like kind of has like that that timetable premise where you you can't have like this book go on for too long. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's like been a pretty fun ride so far. Man, it sounds cool. Like it's definitely. I feel like every episode I'm like I need to read more manga and then I don't. Yeah. And then I'm sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice that manga only comes out like you know once every three months. So it's like yeah, you you can kind of just pick up a book and then read it and then just like wait another three months for the next one. Um, the last book I read was Die, number one, from Image. Uh, new book from Kieran Gillen, who wrote, like, Young Avengers. It's currently the writer for The Wicked and Divine. A uh, bunch of other stuff. And the artist is Stephanie Hans, uh, who, like, I know her from... Like, she worked on, like, uh, an issue of Black Magic and uh, bits and pieces of The Wicked and Divine uh, for Image. But, so basically, like, this book is is... Uh, set in the 80s or late 80s, a uh, group of kids uh, go and are going to have like a game of, of D&D and then they disappear for like like three or five years and then they like are just like found one day and all of them are there except for 
uh, one of the kids and one of them is like missing an arm. And so the book is set in like modern day where the uh, the kids are like basically get like their die in in the mail sent to them. And so like the friend who might have went missing may not be missing at all. So they have to go back to the world. And it's a little Jumanji-esque kind of. Uh, like the first issue I thought was fine. Um, it's, you know, I think it's, I think the strength of that book is like how cool like the other world is. Uh, and Karen Gillan's like a really good story, like world builder and building mythology and having like pretty good stakes. Uh, and like Stephanie Hahn's art is, I think, like pretty fun. Like the, her covers are great. Uh, I know number two comes out uh, this Wednesday, and so I might I might check it out. I know like uh, it's kind of a short week for me. Like I only think I'm picking up three books. So um, if if I end up finding number two, I might pick up number two. I don't, I don't know if anyone else here uh, took a chance on Die. I did not read that, but it sounds interesting. It sounds like something I'd be into. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of like everything I I I want to talk about that I've read. All right, uh, Connor, did you have anything that you read or wanted to talk about? Yeah, I got a I got a whole list over the last couple of weeks. I've I've read some books. Uh, we'll just kind of go over them. Uh, there are a couple that I want to spend a little bit of time on. Um, first, uh, I kind of I've never really stated publicly, but I've always kind of had a problem with slice of life kind of anime and books and comics and stuff like that because i i don't find them very interesting um i i like action and i like uh drama and stuff i i feel like they're for me i need like a little bit of steak um for a show or like a book or anything but i came across this uh manga called goku fushudo i think it's pronounced um and it's really turned me around on the whole concept uh so much so that i i got really into it um i read about i read the first issue because that's all i could find that was translated but i see images around and it's just a it's a comedy the idea is that it's all based around this former yakuza uh husband who has retired and is just like a stay-at-home husband for Uh, his successful yeah, oh. I'm looking at images of this book, and this book looks rad. Dude, it's so cool. Its art is done just so gorgeous. Um, it, it, because it's like you get all these crazy, serious yakuza style like images where it's this like cut up dude covered in tattoos, and he's like meticulously like sharpening knives, and then the next frame is him cutting up like these cute little uh, sticky rice buns to look like bears, and he's taking like a little Instagram photo, and then he's packing it up for his wife. And his wife is gone, so he like get puts it on a bike and drives it all like goes all the way to town. It's just this fun little side thing, and it's like each uh, issue has like a little story to tell. And uh, every time I get like a little snippet or like a couple pages that are translated, it's just it's just fun. It's really good. Um, and I would highly suggest that for anybody that's just looking for something like really relaxed with kind of really good art and a good sense of humor, if the translation is done right. Um, other than that. Uh, I, I've pretty much been on my usual bullshit. I read, uh, I finished up Dark Knight Metal, uh, like the core awesome. issue, and it is so much fun. It's like in the vein of, uh, like heavy metal, and its art is just so cool, especially with, like near the end when they start talking about like the nth metals and everything. And oh, it's yeah. just like, oh, it's all about, it's got like, I would equate it to like a Cadbury, uh, uh, cream egg, if you have those in America. Um, yes. 
and like where it's got like this hard exterior where it's like brittle chocolate and it's like a, a very serious story about people losing and dying and, and a story being over and on the inside it's all about friendship and it's got this gooey center um yeah i found it to be like almost snyder's like doing a cover or like a homage it's a very homage kind oh, yeah. of story it's um, just a lot of fun yeah like top to bottom it looks great all the enemies are unique and the stakes are real like i really felt like things oh, they're were still collapsing continue. for everything yeah. and it's still affecting the world like i'm i'm yeah. reading uh the batman who laughs which is a great series and i'm interested to see how he wraps into this whole thing yeah, it's a perfect segue. Well, we can tie the Batman who lost to one of the news stories. So in that issue, we learned that there is another Batman from that kind of dark universe. And it was just announced that they are going to do a one shot like they did with all the other one shots for the dark Batman. Uh, this is the Grim Knight. And we were talking a little beforehand, Connor, but like both of us kind of think that he might be a Deathstroke Batman. Yeah, I think he's got like that assassin vibe to him. Yeah, he's kind of punishery. Yeah, for sure. And Deathstroke's the only kind of character in DC that I think could be Punisher-ish. Yeah, like he's the counterpoint. I'm not feeling this at all. Oh, he's like when he appears, he's only in like one panel, maybe two, and he he's just your, like he's your classic grim, dark, uh, yeah. like, like anti villain. I, I, I've, I've, been, I've been mean to read metal at some point, uh, and I I probably will like this year because uh, one of the podcasts I listen to is War Rocket Ajax, and they. Uh, super loved it and a lot of the things that they like i end up liking anyways but you know it's like the idea of uh, you know the batman who laughs i feel like works you know in the event but like i don't know like i re- i looked through that first issue of the batman who laughs and it's a very good looking book but i it's like i don't know like how long you know oh i think it's a very I, short I, I, run well n- not not just like the run but it's like i don't know like what the attraction is personally for like a character like that that that's like oh like what if Batman was the Joker you know it's like and I'm like ah cool that that's five issues like let's let's not go super ham with this and then the Grim Knight like what if he was the Punisher and I'm like like yo dog I don't need like I don't, I don't well, feel like yeah. I need like so many different Batmans who are like well, what if he was a killer in my life well that's like the whole gist of metal like the metal villains is like a dark kind multiverse of, it's a dark multiverse so it's like. Who is the most, especially, I think it's a very Snyder doing Morrison, which I know is like a big influence for him. So it's like, who is like the most badass, like, like it's the whole Bat God thing. But what if Batman got this thing? So we've like seen many stories of like Batman with like the Green Lantern ring or this. It's like, well, what if that was turned on its head? And, you know, the Brother Eye thing where he takes over, he has a place to keep the Justice League. What would those Bruce's or Batman look like? Although one of them is not Bruce um so it is interesting and like they're each of the one shots are the best parts i would say of metal like the red death and actually i think the my favorite one is the cyborg one i can't remember his name it's like killing machine or something i don't remember but the cyborg one is probably my favorite version of like the evil batman and his one shot is glorious and it's like heartbreak yes um, um... But yeah, like I can't wait for that book to come out. Like I completely understand your feelings, John. But like I would say, like give it a chance. Like, oh, it's, like it, I, I it's, like it's, I think I, it might be like one of those things where, like, once I read metal, I'm like, okay, I'm on board. Yeah, I, think, I would I, say I, it's it's not a serious take; it's almost satirical in its representation of these ideas. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think I I think most people would kind of dig it. It kind of reminds me of um, 
like a horror movie that's like so bad like it's so ridiculous it's like a sam raimi horror movie it's just yeah. like over the top turned to 11 it, it's goofy good yeah there's like a point where i think it's a green arrow nightwing uh robin i can't remember who the fourth person is they're literally wearing like game of thrones outfits because it's yeah so for sure they meet at the bar at the end of the thing and they have yeah. drinks there's a drink called the nightwing yeah. just, it's so weird it's just weird i really dug it yeah it's um, really it's it's very morrison it's very like that trippiness but it's like snyder doing it and capullo's also are and the tie-ins are all pretty good and it is still continuing. Like I think the Batman Who Laughs, the the Justice League book that came out at the same time, ties directly into it, which is like the whole setup of like why there is the conflict that's in that book. Okay, that's yes. cool. So I would suggest to pick up. I believe it's the regular Justice League because it's like four of them right now. But it's just the uh, plain. Yeah, one. there's a lot. Yeah, the regular Justice League is the one that ties into it. Okay, <clears throat> I was hoping someone could answer this question. It's not gonna be me. It's most likely gonna be Lou, <laughs> because like I'm I'm still trying to catch up on Just League because it's just yeah, just being honest, you know. Because for some reason, it's really easy for me to catch up with. I mean, I like what everything I'm hearing about it from what Scott Snyder is doing. Where did Starman come from? Like, how did he get to um a portal? Like he, he literally, literally walked. Well, he literally walked out of a portal. Yeah, he fell out and is like, "Stop! You're doing things." Blah, and like goes into a coma. And they kind of figure out that I'm trying not to like I'm dancing around last like some sort. So this entire time since he showed up, he's still in a coma. Which star man? The original. Wait, Ted Knight uh, or Jack Knight? Ted Knight. I'm pretty sure. Um, and basically they reveal. I think there was like the issue that issue that there was some time travel by another character. And that is why he shows up because he escaped uh, the, he was imprisoned by a character and that's why he's in a coma. But my favorite part of that justice league book is Batman's new sidekick. Who's rarely shown, but when he is, he steals, he steals whatever he's in signal. No, Jaro. What? Uh, so Jaro is a piece of Starro that Batman has saved and is racing. And he's in a jar, and he literally refers to Batman as dad. Oh, that's and that's, it's that's weird. It's weird, but it's awesome. And like Batman's like very protective of him, and it's like a very interesting because it's like there's like a bunch of stuff that went on, like the whole kind of um, I can't remember what it's called that kicked off this like current split of the Justice League teams is like all uh, no justice, yeah, no justice kind of kicked off. That is when Star like the Juror thing kind of happened. Um. And it's just really interesting. And whenever Jaro is in the thing, he's like, he just steals whatever. Because he just has, like, all his lines are pure comedy. Like, that's all they're played for. So, it's just been interesting. Speaking of No Justice, this could be a, why don't we segue into the next story? Oh, DC canceling Green Arrow? Yeah, because, and this is solicitation, or at the end of No Justice, Martian Martian Manhunter gives Ollie a, a mysterious box that could that could defeat or that could basically it's a, a, a weapon of mass destruction well they don't oh, say cool. what, they don't say what it is it's like the size of like a cigar box like it's really tiny but it's really really important like something that could yeah manhunter is basically like to oliver like you're not part of the league but there's a reason you're not part of the league and it's because that like we need somebody in case stuff goes wrong 
And then when they're going to show you what it is, he is going to Roy. And Roy's dead because of Heroes in Crisis. Mm. Which I read the fourth issue and meh. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing happened. That's the whole thing. Is like, right, Alan? Do you read it? Yeah, the only thing that happened was Batgirl. Well, I didn't like that ass shot. Well, yeah, that's another. That seemed no, no, it's not. Well, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. The story wise, it's meh, but yeah, the art in it is a little weird. I mean, nothing against Clay Man, but it just didn't. I mean, you get some. I mean, apparent it. The whole issue is really wonky, and it's the new design, her new suit, where, like, the bat ears are, like, coming out through her hair. So she's wearing kind of like a, um, it's not the full cowl thing where, like, her hair is coming out of the bottom. It's more of, like, a, like, a mask. It's more, like, Batwoman, except that she has the ears coming out from, like, in the middle of her hair. I like, like the I like the redesign that they had for her in the main Batgirl book, but like when I see the Batgirl costume in other books, like flipping through other books, I'm just it's, I'm it's, not I'm not I'm not boring. a fan. I but then again, like I know that like a lot of people didn't like the Batgirl Burnside costume. I I really loved it. Um, yeah. But I feel like the reason why they changed the comic or they changed her costume is because they wanted her to be more uh, prominent in like Heroes in Crisis and stuff. And they wanted to give her like more like quote unquote serious costume. So yeah, like I I I was not somebody that was like Burnside was not something I was into, but I was fine. Like I understood. I liked the run before that. The Gail Simone run was like one of my favorite background runs, and that suit was kind of just the basic suit. So like. I'm fine with them moving away. This is more of like her in a gray and blue suit, I think. And the ears are, I don't know. I just don't care. Like it's different and I don't know why. Like I don't know why it's so different and not interesting. To be honest, there's only two things I liked about it, issue four. And that was the whole thing with uh, Batgirl and Harley. And can I guess the other? Yeah. Is it the Blue Beetle stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Blue Beetle is awesome in the book. Um, and it's the original Blue Beetle, Ted Cord. Well, no, it's the second Blue Beetle. The original Blue Beetle, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan, Dan Garrett. It's the Blue Beetle. Anybody? Well, it's the no one cares it's, about it's, that. It's the more well known. Yes, it's the blue and gold Blue Beetle, and they even say blue and gold, which is awesome. But the book was okay. Like it was fine. Like nothing, not enough happens where it's interesting. Well, no, there is something that I that, that I didn't like. I didn't like the way. The scene in the uh, when Superman is talking about the story that Lois has been. Oh, uh, the the ending of it. Not necessarily the ending, but the way Bruce acts, or the way yeah, the way Bruce acts to Clark. Um, it's a little childish. I can understand why that would be annoying, but like Bruce should react like upset, but he should be. The way they write him is that he's like almost having a temper tantrum. Yeah, he. That's not he. He literally says, like, I'm about to go punch the dinosaur. He's very literal, you know? you got to well, just give him that. It, it ties in, like, when they first started off, like, Wonder Woman comes in and she flips the penny and, like, throws it down the cave. So, like, uh, Superman's like, oh, I have something to say. And he's like, hold on, let me put the dinosaur away where she punches that. I don't know. This story is very meh. Um to kind of segue which, into this, which is which I feel like is like super disappointing, given that like 
you know, Tom King ain't like no slouch. Like, you know, Mr. Miracle was like probably one of the best series of last year. Oh, and, I love that like, book. It was and so his good. Bat- and his Batman is like been pretty fun. And, you know, the vision was great. And Sheriff of Babylon was great. So it's just like, it's, it's, it's very odd. Like, it's... I'm not, I'm not reading it, but it's like very odd to see like, this is the outcome of the book that he is like putting together. The pacing of the story is very weird because it's a lot up front and then it's like a lot of nothing. And then this entire issue felt like filler. I just felt like an issue where nothing is going on. Like, it's, like, kind of set up, but, like, to what? We don't know. I don't know. I just didn't care for it. The only other book, like, that I read that I was interested in talking about was Freedom Fighter, number one. So this is the first DC book with, the kind of bringing back, like, the Uncle Sam and, like, the Nazi universe. So, okay, so, like, who's, because I, I did not read, like, any of this. I, I'm familiar with the Freedom Fighters, but, like, I, I heard that they were bringing them back. I was like, ah, man, I, I don't know, man. So, like, the team is, like, Uncle Sam, the, like, I assume the Ray. No, the Ray's dead. Yeah, uh, all the, the, the Freedom Fighters are, as you know, are dead. A new team has to to rise. I did not know that the, the rest of the Frame Fires are dead. Do they? Yes. They start off with, actually, it's like a really brutal book. So, like, a bunch of them are dead. They're having a meeting. And then, basically, the meeting is infiltrated. And the agents of, it's it's really weird. So, like, the leader of the Resistance, like, the number two is Jesse Owens. Like, the real-life human. Okay. The Olympian. And then the kind of Nazi hit squad are all plastic men. So no. they just like come out of nowhere, but the group is, uh, I think it's the Human Bomb, like Phantom Lady. Yeah, it's like they show a group in the beginning, and they actually all end up getting captured, and then we are introduced to like the very last panel to like the new team, and it's like different versions because it's like is it Blackhawk or Black Condor? I think it's okay, Black Condor. Black I was scared. Condor I, was, I was scared you were gonna go in a bad direction. Dude, oh, no, for, for a second, like, you said Blackhawk, and I was like, is it Zinda? Because, like, I would have go buy that book today if it was Zinda. Yeah, I'm trying to look up who it is, because I don't remember. I don't have the book in front of me. Uh, but they kill off, like, a group of them, and they kill them off in, on, like, in, I was going to say on screen, but, like, they draw how they kill them, and it is yeah. beyond brutal. Yeah, that doesn't sound good to me, man. <laughs> no, yeah, but, like, it's kind of like a way, and then they cut to... We get like a couple of pages of like current day and there's like kids playing with a baseball and like one of the the like a lieutenant like I don't, I don't know what the positions in the military but like comes up and like hatches out of the air and they're like baseball was the American pastime and like takes it's like go back to your homes and then it's like we need to double the security and then they're in like the museum of when they killed like they built a museum on top of where they killed the freedom fighters and um, then it get, it blows up. And then we I mean, see that, like, that's one way to salt the grave, you know, just like, oh, we killed you and here's a museum. Yes. And then we get introduced to the new Freedom Fighters. So what's interesting is like how they are writing, like the way Uncle Sam is, he's kind of ethereal. Like he's a character and he's there, but they're like, he's an idea. It's It's hard to explain. Like he kind of like vanishes. So the beginning of the book, like the first three quarters takes place like during World War II. And then the rest of it takes place like current day. Oh God. I'm like looking at the creative team and I'm like, yeah, no thanks. It's like Robert <laughs> Ben it's it's written by Robert Vendenti, who uh I, I like people like his books. I I don't knock him, but it's like he just like I feel like he re he writes like just the 
most below average like the below average like kind of books like he he's the guy who took over for green lantern when jeff johns and and turned it into hal wearing a duster oh no he's that guy yeah and and i'm not even like a hal i'm not even a a jeff johns guy and i was like i don't understand this book like he wrote uh new 52 flash he took over for uh uh well, no. Well, I was gonna say he took over for uh, Demon Knights, which was a super great book, and then he took over for it and just became super bad, and it got canceled. Uh, but then the art is done by Eddie Barrows, who's just not great. Like, you know, it's like he did Earth Two, World's End. He did uh, a whole lot of Nightwing, New Fifty Two, Martian Manhunter, New Fifty Two. He also uh, did uh, Gates of Gotham. Yeah, Teen Titans, New Fifty Two. Yeah, like I don't know. I picked it up because it was the first issue. I wanted to give it a chance, and it's. Fine. like it's not like it's a first issue so it's like it's whatever okay compared to the like first like last week was kind of like a drought for me and like stuff that i really like nick this yeah tomorrow is the day when there's like a bunch of good stuff that i read coming out so you have like the third issue of grant morrison's green lantern um i picked up on your recommendation martian manager number one so if number two comes out next week that i really dug yeah that book is capital a r rad like yes so it's basically john jones is like a street detective and has a partner and they're trying to solve like these like homicides of like families it's it's interesting and it's kind of like law and ordery but he's still john jones it's cool i really like it and the art's interesting i like the idea when they were showing the flashback to mars like how they kind of were like oh you can kind of choose like your there's like your real self and then there's like your public self and like changing your shape was like an aspect and that John wasn't really that great of a person. Yeah, when I when I first saw the solicitation or the the news story when it or the the announcement of the book of the or the mini series, it was there would be it would be there or it would be set in pre, both present day or present DC universe and then flashbacks to Mars where he's sort of doing investigating murder and that's like the same time yeah he's investigating a murder but he's also kind of like he's not like a regular cop on mars because he is like a manhunter so he's more like i don't even know how you would describe him he's not like fbi but he's like csvu (laughs) no he's like some sort of like higher up almost like military police but like I don't know, the the interesting stuff I think has to do to me besides like the murder investigation, which I like, is like the how they are interpreting Martian culture is really interesting. Yeah, it's also super interesting. And then also, uh, you get to see some a uh, couple pages of oh Martian, Martian uh, of of Martian Manhunter and his in like his time with his wife and kid, and then you just get this super buck wild page like page of martian manhunter's wife like having like martian sex and it's fucking mind-blowing it's so good and i'm not even i'm not talking like in a like in a delinquent pervert way like like the concept of how uh, martians have sex is so interesting the the concept the way it happens the way it's drawn is like blew my mind like that book i think also the discussion they have afterwards about like creating children is like an interesting aspect too yeah like no like that like i like books that are just like just go super wild with like it's it's superhero stuff and uh i hope that like martian like i'm gonna check out like issue two of martian manhunter and like hopefully like that book because like uh, you know 
I, I really love Mr. Miracle. And the book ended, and I and I feel like there's like a void in my life that well, I. But they did to say like they villain. they are doing a second series or a second volume of Mr. Miracle. Well, that that's fine, but I, like for currently right now, I need like something that kind of like fills that same kind of hole, and like I and I feel like you know Martian this Manhunter, definitely... Mar- the the team on Martian Manhunter is like not on like I feel like the level uh like of like what DC is like willing to kind of promote. But I, I, I feel like if issue two is really good, like this is like Martian Manhunter could be like a book that's as big as Mr. Miracle. But like I fear that there's like gonna be like DC's not gonna get behind it as much as I did with Mr. Miracle. And like and I think it's gonna be like one of those really good sleeper hits uh, 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 of twenty nineteen. Yeah, I hope so. You're um, not interested in uh female theories? Mm. No, Paris? I'm super excited for that. Oh, I guess I think that is that the sequel to um, Mr. Miracle. Um, I actually have no idea if uh, Female Furies is going to like tie into. I feel like um, uh, yeah, but, like, they announced Furies. some book that was quite. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, like no, like yeah, that that Female Furies book, I'm super Jones for. Um, it's written by uh the same writer who did Shade the Changing Girl and Shade the Changing Woman. Who I thought was like super underrated, super underrated book, like got canceled. More people should have read Young Animal. I'm still sad to this day, but I, I'm glad that uh, they're on a book like uh, um, Female Furies, and I think that book's gonna be super cool. Like I, I think Female Furies is like one of like the coolest aspects of of the New Gods. Oh yeah, they are an interesting group, and I did enjoy how they handled them how they were handled in um mr miracle yeah like and that, that concept like, would be interesting to go forward with like uh like the whole entire scene when they're in the hospital and the furies oh, that's the best. The, yeah the furies and and uh scott are just hanging out in the emergency room and bernadette like presents him the dagger she's like use this to cut the cord but rest assured that one day we'll use this this dagger to plunge it into you and kill you and he's like cool thanks a lot <laughs> <laughs> well he's like I, he his character in that is like the best because he's just like he's so nonchalant with everything yeah oh uh, um i guess to weirdly transition my last book that i'm looking forward to is i don't know if anybody you've seen with batman king of fear anybody else been reading that or looked at it uh i'm looking it up right now so this is the last issue. This is number six of the miniseries. And basically, to kind of sell you on the series, Scarecrow breaks out, blah, blah, blah. But it actually turns into, like, he's having a therapy session with Batman, both in costume. He gives him the most powerful version of his fear toxin. And, like, each issue is kind of breaking through and, like, making Batman kind of say out loud, like, the issues and, like, his psychoses. And then in the fifth one, like the big reveal was kind of that Batman, like Batman seeing the what Gotham would be without him or what Gotham would be without Batman. If like Bruce took all of his money and tried to build Gotham into like what it could be. And it's kind of like you don't know, like both you and and Batman don't know what is real, um, what's not. And basically they're literally in like a psychiatrist's office Mm -hmm. and it's just like really wonky and trippy. And you, like I said, you don't know what is real and what's not. And it's this scarecrow is like, yeah, once we're done with this thing, once it wears off, take me back to Arkham. Like, I don't care. But like, I want to work through this and actually be a therapist to you because I'm like the only person that can understand you. And it's really weird and interesting. Um, I like the scarecrow as a character. He's probably my top five Batman villains. So I really think it is an interesting take on the two of them. 
yeah, I'd say he's in my top five. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's, it's drummed by, you know, Kelly Jones, who's, you know, oh, yeah, had a art, whole lot of years on Batman. The art is really good. It's it, like, it definitely like takes advantage of the story to like be like the Scarecrow. You could kind of do wild and crazy stuff. Um, and the other thing that's interesting, they do a lot of the, the long eared Batman. Yeah, that, which I know I some people are not super fans of, but it is. An, I I understand that's his look. I I'm not I'm not a long eared Batman guy. I, I'm not usually either, but I like, don't like long ears. My personal take. But I mean, like he makes it work. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. Like the, a lot of the action in the book is not actually happening, and then it'll cut, and Bruce is just like, or you know, in Batman's just like on the floor, just like rolling around, being like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> Can I talk about the one main book I'm really excited to read t- uh, tomorrow? Sure. The next issue of uh, Alien 3. Oh, we were talking about that before you jumped on. I was not sure when it was coming out. Yeah, it comes out uh, tomorrow. Uh, I also saw that there's like another Alien series that's ending tomorrow. That I think it was done by Gabriel Hardman. Oh. I don't know if you guys were reading that at all. I have no idea what that is. Uh, Gabriel Hardman, he was doing like a mini series for Alien. I thought it ended a couple months ago, but it must have been late. But um, I guess that's ending. But I I feel like uh, it kind of got overshadowed by the Stoko run on Alien, and you know, and this current Alien Three book. Yeah, I've been like because of your recommendation, Alan. I picked up the first two, and I absolutely fell in love with that new Alien book. I will definitely be picking that up tomorrow. Yeah, I gotta. I'll probably pick that up on Friday. Um, I accidentally, because I am an idiot and I have instant purchase on Uncomicsology. I bought, I bought the Vision collection while you guys were talking. Out of nothing you said, I was just wondering. Recommend to me. Yeah, have you not read the Vision? Sorry, you cut out there for me. Can you say that again? Have you not read the Vision? No, this is like it, I just oh. thought it was highly rated, so I just bought it. Bought all four hundred and fifty pages, twelve dollars. Fuck it. Hey, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not a bad price. Just wait till you get to the hopping. Uh, don't, the hopping. Don't, 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 don't no, 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 no. If it's no, no. a wild ride, I want to be there for it. Yeah, I'm not. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna say who does yeah, it. Don't, don't, I'm, don't, I'm, don't I'm even not, say anything about not, it. Because I, I, it is, it's just batshit crazy, that series. Cool. That's all I need to hear, because that's what I loved about metal. It's so fucking weird. It made no sense to me half the time, it's, so it was great. I will say this. Don't go into the vision expecting, like, absurd, like, metal was. Like, like metal is like, you know, like, again, I haven't read metal, but it's like the things I've seen about metal, it's, it's super absurd and over the top. Vision's not over the top. It's not absurd. It's 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 crazy. It's and it's a, a wild ride, but like don't go in expecting something that's like super over the top. Yeah, I'm definitely not expecting metal levels because that was like a a universe changing thing. This seems more like a a single story that just kind of connects to a couple different yeah. people. It's 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 a lot. It's a little bit more of an imp, in, uh, intimate story. Okay, like, I'm, I'm also, interested in that. It's also a little biograph, little autobiographical. Really? I I mean, like the the idea that like Tom King. Yeah, the idea that like Tom King, former uh former guy who used to work for the CIA, 
like a lot of his books that he usually talks about uh, or like that he writes are allegories for his, like while he was working for the CIA. Um, that's why like Sheriff of Babylon is, is such a personal story to him. Uh, the Vision, uh, Mr. Miracle and Heroes in Crisis are all kind of like within the same family of him you know being in war coming back from war dealing with like the after effects of war um so like that's that's like the kind of like feel for like those books okay that's that's a really cool take on a story that i never imagined i would hear so i'm very interested to like dive in and read this and go through and read some more uh tom king books there's also i don't know i, I keep forgetting when it when it, it officially launches but there's another book in the in the Young Justice, I forgot what they're calling what they're calling that that lineup. Is it the Young uh, Justice? Oh, the I know what you're talking about. The uh, the one where it's like the Young, it's Wonder Twins, Young Justice, Naomi, Naomi, and there's a fourth one, I think. But I'm interested in, interested in Naomi based on the solicitation, and also David Walker is working is working on some of it. Uh, yeah, and that guy is good. Yeah. Also, Bitterroot next issue comes out tomorrow. For those I know, John knows, but um, so should I get into like what I'm excited for tomorrow? Yep. Uh, so issue seven of By Night comes out, written by John Allison, uh, art by uh, Christine Larson, Sarah Stern, Jim Campbell. Uh, it's from Boom Studios. It's from the writer of Giant Days, uh, one of my favorite books of the last couple of years. Um, uh, really excited to kind of see that keep on going. Uh, number one of Captain Marvel uh, from Kelly Thompson, who I think is personally to me uh, the best writer in comics right now. Um, like every book I she writes, I'm like super interested in and excited for. Um, she's currently also doing uh, Mr. and Mrs. X for uh, Marvel Comics. She's also doing West Coast Avengers for Marvel. Um, she just got done doing uh, part one of uh, Nancy Drew for Dynamite. So I, I think like a lot of her stuff is really fun. Um, the art is by Carmen Nunez Carino, who also worked on like the bombshell stuff, and that stuff has been like pretty good. And um, and I've heard like kind of good things about like a lot of the Captain Marvel stuff over the last year and a half. But I think like post or like you know like pre and post Civil War two, um, oh I, I, I think that character has been kind of like um, abused. Not abuse. I don't I, I, like directionless. Directionless, I think, is the yeah. word. Um, so I think Kelly Thompson with like the new movie coming out, I think it's like a really good jumping on point. Um, uh, I'm really kind of excited to see like Kelly Thompson's voice on this character. Um, like, and I kind of want to see like what what they are going to do with this character going forward. Um, the other book, uh, I'm pre- I'm kind of excited to read. Like, I'm not really sure. Um, like I like these characters, you know. Um. I'm not like a Bendis guy, but like I'm excited to kind of see like what this is. It's a uh, Young Justice number one, uh, art by Patrick Gleason, who I really love. Um, like I, you know, he did a bunch of Batman, Robin, Green Lantern Corps, uh, did some stuff with, like Superman action comics, like one of those books. But like I Superman. think he's like Superman. Like I think he's like super great. Um, kind of underrated. Like he's always been like I think like one of those really good artists that's always been around. Like, always kind of seems to find himself on, like, B-books. So I'm kind of excited to see him on, like, what I, I hope DC treats as an A-list book. 
Um, Rather than the actual Teen Titans book, which is a mess. Yeah, yeah. and and, you know, and and hopefully, like, Young Justice is like, because I I read Teen Titans, and it's written by Adam Glass, and it reads like a book written by a 50-year-old dude, because he's a 50-year-old dude, and it it feels like a guy who just, like, doesn't have his pulse on, like, the youth. Um, And and for all the, like, you know, for the stuff I'm kind of, like, not really a fan of Bendis of, at least, like, that kind of guy, at least that guy kind of gets writing young people sometimes uh and the team seems pretty cool so far um the team seems to be uh superboy and his awesome leather jacket oh they're uh, like 90s from one. the 90s yeah yeah now which um, superboy is this is this john no um no no it's connor con oh it's con- connor 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 that's my name there's so many goddamn superboys uh there's like <laughs> there's I, at I, least three there's john con there's john connor and con Con we, being, we don't talk about New 52 Superboy. It, it, it's, hey, it's not technically new. kind of the version that's in Young Justice. Well, he looks a lot cooler here. Yes. Uh, so yeah, it's Connor Kent, it's Cassie Sandsmark, uh, Tim Drake, uh, Impulse, uh, and Amethyst, Princess of Gemworld, who I Ooh. fucking love. I'm I so was, glad. I'm, I'm so, so glad. I was so mad when that book got canceled because it was so interesting. Well, you know, and the thing about it is, so they did Sword and Sorcery, like Princess of Gem World, and I, I was just like kind of reading it. And I'm like, this, like, I get it, but like, I don't feel like this is the tone you need for uh, Amethyst, Princess of Gem World. And then they put her into uh, New Fifty Two World's End, where it's like she has this cool look, but it's like again, she's in a book that's just really dark and gross. And oh I'm yeah, just, like, I don't, they, I, I think- just. I'm trying to remember the last, I think she was in like Justice League 3000, which was another new 52 book that was not good. She yeah, was actually a key part in what eventually in the in new 52 Futures End, which was ultimately just to set up for to bring back uh, Batman Beyond. Yeah, and not even not even uh uh Terry McGinnis Batman Beyond. It was oh, like oh, we're gonna, Dick Grayson, yeah we're gonna man. we're gonna make Tim Drake Batman Beyond. I'm like oh, that's who right, wants Tim. this? Nobody. I did like her and Frankenstein. Yeah. Yes, that team yeah. was cool. So like you know it's but it's like again at the end of the day it's like I feel like she keeps on being you know and, and I think it's like a, a main part of like the New Fifty Two trying to be like dark and grim and gritty. So like it's it's really nice. To, I, I I feel like putting Amethyst in a team of other teen heroes and I hopefully like that's like a character I think can really flourish with a new audience. Um, because like also if you haven't ever watched them, um, there was uh, a group of like three short cartoons done for DC Nation uh, about Amethyst Princess of Gemworld done by uh, the character designer for Harpy G, which is this really great online comic that was super rad that never got picked up. But I feel like kind of captured the tone of what I feel like a modern like Amethyst Princess of Gemworld book should be. I think uh, that is on the DC Universe app because they have yeah. all those one shots. Yeah, all those like DC uh, Nation like short cartoons are really good, and yeah, you should watch the, them all. I'm trying to think. There was a Plastic Man. Yeah, there's the, plas- the, imp- there's the infamous Animal Man one. Yeah, uh, Super Best Friends Forever is great. Uh, those Wonder Woman ones are really good. They're like, there's a Shade one that's great. But like, I digress. So like, the teams like uh, Connor Kent, Superboy, Amethyst, Princess of Gem World, uh, Cassie Sandsmark, Tim Drake, Impulse, and then we got two new characters. Uh, there's Teen Lantern uh, and Jenny Hex. 
Uh, okay. I saw the Teen Lantern, so it's just like another person. I'm guessing these books are like out of well, DC continuity is kind of wonk anyway. But well, so like the the so the synopsis for Teen Lantern is she is this young teenage girl who hacked a Green Lantern ring to get it to work for her, which I think That's is like so a super fucking cool. Which is, I think is a super cool idea. And then yeah. Jenny, and then Jenny Hex, who like is this young cowgirl. Who okay, might so she's be... Jonah Hex's great 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 granddaughter or maybe she's just a jonah hex enthusiast you know either way actually i hope for that more either way like i think the the team's pretty rad um i'll definitely like check it out and uh yeah and hopefully it like because i because you know it's like i i think there's been like a really good like there hasn't been like a really good teen comic or like a young reader's book at dc for a very long time so like hopefully young justice like really like kind of uh fills that crack so i think we can close out this episode um i guess we could do a quick round of plugs for everybody Connor, do you want to start yeah, before you fall asleep? Yeah, you got it. Don't worry. No, that was more of just kind of like a slight warning. I, I just had a long day. I, I'm here to finish this thing out, uh, which I will help along by doing the plugs now. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at SystemMonitor1. Uh, on Instagram, at MaybeConnor. Um, I write for The Lost Harrow. Uh, well, I when I can, I write for The Lost Harrow. I have a article I will upload at some point. Um, talking about the best games I played last year, uh, 2018. Not the best games that came out in 2018, because I feel like that that's already been done by some better writers on the site. Um, and I kind of want to just write about uh, some dumb games I played with uh, some friends and some good ones. Uh, yeah. And then Emmett oh. kind of one up everyone by writing, yeah, by, by covering like 15 really games. Good game list. And I was like, yeah, I had a list of like all my favorite games of last year, and he covered all of them with like much more style than I could. So I thought, fuck it, I'll just write about things I like instead. Um, and then at some point in early 2019, I hope to have the review of Kingdom Hearts 3 done. Uh, I will do probably the same thing I did with uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 and kill my enjoyment for the game doing it. But I will do it to review it to tell you guys about it. Other than Connor, that, I'm all good. Hmm? At least you didn't do what I did. What's that? Connor? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was perfect timing. Uh, uh, so while Connor's been taken away, John, do you want to give your quick plugs? Yeah. Uh, you can find me at on Twitter at John, J-O-H-N underscore fn underscore siler s-e-i-l-e-r uh you can also find me on instagram at john fn siler uh it's usually my handle in most places i go so um have no cons come up uh so i guess uh uh i don't know the only thing i want to plug is like go watch mob psycho 100 season two it just started up yesterday it's very good if you want like a anime that's just like fucking bonkers and has like possibly like gonna be like one of the best looking shows of the season there you go cool i like a good stylish anime all right um for me again uh i would say go to los haro it's losharo.wordpress.com you thank know you what? i didn't want to do it you know thank you i'm gonna step on your foot yeah, oh. go ahead alan no i just want to say tell connor uh in in my f- top five lo- games I played of last year, I I chose to put a game that came out in 2016. So, <laughs> oh, dude, I'm I'm putting a game that came out in 2003 in my top five. Uh, I mean, my favorite game of last year kind of technically isn't like a full game. So, 
It's Delta Rune because I think that's the best game oh, I've played. Oh yeah, time. that was, that game was really sweet. And yeah, that was a really make, good one. To make things even, to, and as if I was like digging my own grave for the readers to shoot me, so I'd fall in magically. It wasn't just a game that came out in 2016. It's a text-based wrestling game. What? Oh, why? Well, you what? can check. <laughs> you can check that's... that out of those horror games. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um. Me and Alan also do a podcast that comes out every Tuesday where we watch Smallville. Uh, this week's episode, uh, Cam, who's part of Los Haro, joined us as we watched the first episode that fe- featured Christopher Reeve. Thank God oh, you, you didn't one. do the it was, Yes, I you yelled at me last time. So uh, it was an awesome episode. Check that out. Also, me and Alan do a show with Gary that comes out every Thursday on Los Haro. It's called Legion of Tune. All are welcome to join whenever they would like. Uh, where we talk, where we re- watch and review old cartoons, old and current. Um, the last one that came out was the Clerks cartoon. Don't listen. Don't listen. <laughs> no, listen, download, subscribe. You don't have to listen. Don't watch the show. Listen to our podcast. Yeah. Uh, I've done both. Like, okay, so I wasn't on the podcast. Uh, I recently rewatched the Clerks cartoon. It is, uh, it is not good. It has not aged very well. Yeah. That- that's our entire thing. We're like, oh, let's watch it for nostalgia. And then it was like, uh, oh. like, the only yeah. good joke, the only funny thing happens is the fir- is like the first thing that happens in the show is the whole and and by that I'm talking about the whole is it safe? Oh, is it safe? Yes, that's the best. I uh, I, I actually <laughs> really like in the it's also the first episode, but the reoccurring joke of them climbing up the building oh, and yes. the pod plane falls and like, why are we walking like this? <laughs> It is good too, and I like Lando. Um, I'm trying to now. I just lost my train of thought. Um, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to all the podcasts. Find them on YouTube, iTunes. When you listen to it right now, so wherever you subscribe, again, losharo.wordpress.com, or you can just go to losharo.wordpress.com and yes. either sub, or sub, either or, so, or, or you can just sub from there. So I'll just say losharo, losharo, losharo. Search on all your things. Sub for sub. Yes. And don't forget to join the Facebook groups. Did I plug anything? Um, do you do, do anything you... that I'm also not on? <laughs> yeah, Alan. What's uh, up? Yeah. What, what yeah. are you going to say? Uh, oh, yes. I didn't subs- I didn't uh, say your podcast that you do. From yeah, podcast I do with Emma Watkins Jr. And sometimes if he bothers to show up, uh, Hunter Davenport. The Lasaro Games podcast, which has is... Which is less than 50, 50 plays away from six hundred plays total, which I still don't understand how we're getting these insane numbers. I'm kind, awesome. I'm kind of scared. I don't know. I've been on a couple of times, and every time I'm on, somehow we go to like almost three hours. But the, um, the most recent episode, yeah, the last episode or the most re- the episode you were on was nearly three hours. I'm a chatty Kathy. Chatty Kathy. Oh, and on when this goes up. Episode two of Star Trek Evolution, LSR Games original series will be up. Well, not really as a original series, more of a no commentary, a non commentary LP of Star Trek Online. So, yep. But I think if anybody else doesn't have anything, we could close out this episode. I am. Good. What the hell was that? That was Connor closing the door on this podcast. 
Yeah, that's my chair. I'm sorry. It's very squeaky today. It's very cold and it's influencing yeah. everything in, in my life. Uh, it's fine. I guess we will catch you guys on next week's episode. Adios. I love you still. Bye.